This is Radio Stockdale. Welcome to Radio Stockdale. I'm your host, Michael Sears, at the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership. I'm in conversation with Lieutenant Ryland Tui, United States Navy. He is a 2016 Applied Physics graduate of the Naval Academy and has served as an officer in the Civil Engineering Corps. In that time, he's earned a master's degree in project management. He's been a platoon commander, a construction manager, a legal officer, and most recently, the assistant operations officer at Amphibious Construction Battalion 1. After five and a half years of service, he's leaving active duty, but we have a lot to talk about regarding service, legacy, and following your passion. Welcome, Ryland Tui, to Radio Stockdale. Thanks so much for having me. There's the other part of your resume that I didn't introduce earlier, but you're that guy. You're the Naptown guy, the Helm Yag guy, and most recently, the Navy Squid Games director, producer, actor. What are you up to now? About 12 million views and all? Yeah, I think uh, about 12 million. It's um, amazing to see them tick up every year, especially around the Army-Navy football game, but super grateful that you know those videos are, are still relevant. Hey, in this talk, I'd like to focus on leadership and creativity, more specifically how you navigated a career in the Navy alongside with your passion for film. And I'd like to start by connecting the dots of your Navy career and then focus on film. You come from a family of military men. Can you give us a little bit of a description of the legacy in your family? So my, my family, I was, I was super fortunate to, to, like you mentioned, grow up in a family uh, for the men uh, who, who served primarily in the Navy. And so growing up, it was amazing to see them kind of dedicated to that and have their stories. Uh, but at the same time, I never felt obligated or mandated to, to enter a career of service. It wasn't until later that I kind of recognized that as, as my path that I wanted to go down. But my older brother, he's uh, eight years older. He was a 2008 graduate from the Naval Academy. Uh, my father was a 1978 graduate, uh, and I believe you know him. Um, mm -hmm. And he uh, flew in the Navy, did 20 years. Both of my grandfathers, both on my mother's and father's side, uh, served. One was a Navy chaplain, and then the other was a uh, pilot. And then uh, lastly, kind of at the top of my service tree, so to speak, um, is my great-great-uncle, Albert Schwab. For those who may be listening overseas or have some interaction with the Marine Corps, um, he uh, was posthumously awarded the Medal of Honor in World War II on Okinawa. And now there is Camp Schwab over in Japan. Uh, and Michael, it's, it's uh, really cool. Before COVID hit, I had an opportunity to go over to Japan. I was actually doing an operation over in Diego Garcia and was able to fly back through Japan and go visit uh, Camp Schwab, and it was it was a very surreal kind of uh, moment reading the you know the plaque and and seeing his name all over everything. You know, I grew up with that Medal of Honor, um, that award uh, on the wall of my grandparents' house, and and it re really wasn't until I was a little bit older and and honestly into my career in the Navy before I kind of recognized uh, the power and dedication uh, of him. So growing up in that type of family of service, I think was definitely influential. But like I mentioned, I had a fantastic relationship with, with kind of my brother and my parents and, and I, I got to lead my path. And it really wasn't until right before that college decision that I, that I recognized, I think the Naval Academy is where I'd like to go. You know, and that's a very interesting decision 
that you took. You won some awards early on in film and creativity that I'm quite impressed to see still online. How have you been able to keep those creative juices flowing? So when I commissioned, I commissioned as a civil engineer craft officer, and that was kind of a unique path for the Naval Academy, but it was the one that I wanted to go down and was super fortunate. For me, I I wanted a career in service and, and going out and doing something in the field or um, being a part of kind of the Navy that my the men in my family grew up in. And while the PAOs, I think, are an incredible uh, piece, an important piece to what we do in the Navy, um, it just wasn't something that I wanted to do. A, was because of creative autonomy. As soon as I started to work for the Navy by creating videos, I knew that I would start to lose that grasp and that control of what I wanted to create and how I wanted to create it. I was really fortunate during my time at the Academy to kind of navigate the path and figure out exactly how to create something that was mine while still taking in feedback and constructive criticism and input from you know my leadership. The process, the creative process gave me then the opportunity to say, okay, let me go down this path. Let me do this. Let me do that. And then at the end, I should say, I delivered that final result, which was the video. Going through that whole process, I got to own that. And I knew that as soon as I started doing that for a living for the Navy, I would probably start to lose grasp of that control. And then secondly, for me, and, and Michael, this you may be able to relate, but the film, film thing for me, the film, the video, the photography was always kind of my creative outlet. And I knew that if that was my sole means of getting paid, if that was my salary, my job, my livelihood in the Navy, then I would maybe start to lose that passion. And I didn't want to lose that. So a long story to tell you that when I had the opportunity to go uh, civil engineer corps, I quickly um, and um, excitedly kind of raised my hand. And so throughout my you know last five and a half years within the CEC, um, it's been a phenomenal experience. Primarily my latest job at Amphibious Construction Battalion 1, uh, I had numerous opportunities to kind of travel and conduct some operations throughout the world. And when you ask about how has your experience in the CEC, the Civil Engineer Corps, added to your sort of creative juices, I would say for me, the biggest thing was the experience, the the opportunities, the stories, whether it was, you know, um, leading a group of about 60 sailors in uh, Albania earlier this spring, or whether it's in the Persian Gulf or in the deserts of the Middle East, all of those stories and um, memories that I have, I think, just added not only to my creative bank of things to draw upon, but it's also at the same time, those memories that I will cherish and, and hold and tell my family in the future, you know? And and so all of that goes into uh, what keeps me creative. And I think it's those memories, those stories, the fact that I get to kind of let my ideas marinate on their own time, uh, while at the same time getting to operate and, and serve in at a different capacity. So I was incredibly fortunate to, to have that career uh, within the CEC and to go on those operations. And at the same time, like I mentioned, just kind of stow away different memories and experiences and sort of in, in my makeshift toolbox that I can pull from later. You know, let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, I really like your explanation as, as to how things have been able to marinate in your in your head when it's not necessarily your job, so to speak. So let me talk about leadership 
both in the Navy and in film, so to speak, because as far as I'm concerned, movies and film are a team sport, just like the Navy is. Can you compare and contrast that a little bit? Absolutely. For me, a movie is a an entire project that has to be led, managed, um, resourced, you name it. You kind of briefly mentioned at the beginning uh, that I was able to get my master's in project management. And kind of my, my quip is, uh, what is a film but a project that needs to be managed? And so that's how I was able to cross over those two in some sort of form or fashion. But the movie uh, and making a video is absolutely a team sport. Just because, A, there is a million different jobs on a makeshift movie set. And each one, uh, even through, you know, starting 10 years ago when I, when I began making spirit videos, for me, I recognized that I had to rely on the spirit of collaboration. And I think that, to me, was the most important thing. And throughout that entire process, too, not only on the execution and production side of the house, but the collaboration piece that, that comes with um, the idea so I kind of briefly mentioned that I was, you know, connected with the, the PAO at the Academy when I was there. And whenever I now, um, whenever I create a piece or have an idea, the collaboration and the collaborative effort that goes into that is what I rely on most. And so I'll give you an example. When I'm creating a, a new piece, I'll generally draft out the idea and then I put that into script form. And as soon as I complete that first script form, I send it out to about five to 10 people that I usually rely on and, and respect their opinions and, and appreciate their inputs because whenever I'm creating, it's, you know, it's oftentimes I, I have my blinders on and I'm, I'm writing for this singular idea. But for me, it's so important to have that collaborative piece of, of receiving feedback, that input, that adjusting, that output. There is you know, this, uh, this idea called the OODA loop um, and it's a fancy word uh, that basically boils down to, it's, it's an acronym, um, and it boils down to basically receiving input, adjusting, and then basically, you know, changing your output to, to best achieve your desired outcome. I always remember that, that idea that more eyes are better than just my own. And so um, going through that team sport idea and that collaborative effort, um, that's how generally before I even hit that production piece, um, I'll spend a, a large portion of time, probably I would say 20, 20 to 30% of my time on the development process, thinking about how the script or you know what have you, the direction that it should go. And then whenever the production comes, that's the biggest piece because generally I, I, I can't afford, uh, not financially speaking, but time speaking, you know, to, to have multiple shoot days and to have uh, people come out and locations especially the, the shorter, quick uh, stuff that I put on YouTube that you know many uh, see as the spirit spots, they're shot in, in single days over, I would say, hours less than 10. And so to uh, manage that, to uh, schedule all of that, and to have an idea of which direction we go, for me, is incredibly important. And so I rely on so many others for some of those key roles, and, and I can't do that without them. I couldn't do that without them. Every single project that you see uh, was was created with a slew of friends and peers, and as of late, uh, uh, many of my sailors too, who have come out to support. And to have that type of that support is phenomenal, and I'm so grateful because I know that uh, the projects that you see would not have been created without them. So, Rylan, how do you think your service and the time at the Naval Academy and as an officer will help you in the future drive to success? That's a that's a great question, Michael. I think 
whenever you have your goals, right? And I think many of us have done this, whether we were 7, 12, 16, 25, you know, and, and so on and so forth. We've all kind of set goals in our mind, uh, things that we'd like to achieve one day. And um, when you kind of in your head um, plot out those milestones, the things that you have to achieve to get there, most of the time it, it can be, you know, very tactile, very physical. Okay, I have to achieve this. I have to get that. I have to get that. For me, you know, one of my personal goals has always been um, from as, as young as I can remember, has always been to, to want to write and direct a feature film one day, right? And, and for me, I, uh, when I plot out that, that path in my head, I can't connect the dots. And it's not because I don't know what the path is. It's because when I think about what is in the realm of possible, I just don't know. And so that to me is a little daunting. I have no idea how I am going to achieve that goal. However, I will tell you that when I also plot together kind of the tools that I have in my toolbox, the things that I want to rely upon to achieve that goal, I can put that together. And many of those tools that I have collected over the years have been shaped and molded, especially by my time in the Navy. And that time in the Navy, primarily, I will say, uh, comes from that direct, that very raw opportunity of leadership. Uh, especially as a platoon commander, um, as an operations and assistant operations officer, dealing with, you know, a platoon, a company size of sailors, and then figuring out how to solve and uh, execute, you know, issues, problems, resolutions, everything from administrative stuff to operational stuff, those tiny little things, that critical thinking uh, that's required to 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 figure out the answer. All of those small, softer um, skills, I would say, are have been for me incredibly helpful. And over the last five and a half years, it's been every day an an opportunity to learn and to practice. And many of my greatest lessons were through failures and times when I was like, "Oh man, I, I should have done this way, or I should have done that way." But for me, that was extremely important. One, because it, it showed me, if I relied on those skills, what I could achieve. And, and two, it also made me more confident. You know, I think that whenever you rehearse a, a skill or um, a series of, of things multiple times, that builds confidence. And through that confidence comes, you know, slightly more competence and slightly more uh, assurance in yourself, of course. So over the last five and a half years, I've been able to kind of directly, you know, through each day practice and both on communication levels, both on management, on resourcefulness. And I think as I look ahead, I will rely on those same skills on this path towards my goal, a path that I have no idea uh, where it'll take me. Um, I know, you know, that it will be very nonlinear, but I think that as long as I rely on those tools, um, that I've been able to kind of curate over the last five and a half years and, and plus that hopefully I'll be able to achieve that one day. Lieutenant Ryland Tui, a lot of people, millions of people have enjoyed your work so far. I know your sailors have enjoyed your leadership and I've enjoyed talking to you on Radio Stockdale. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. 
You've been listening to Radio Stockdale, a series of podcasts produced by the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership at the United States Naval Academy. You can hear more podcasts at stockdalecenter.com slash podcasts.